Chapter 14 The dodecahedron leads the way. Up ahead, the road divided into three, and as if in reply to Milo's question, an enormous road sign pointed in all three directions, stated clearly, pointing in all three directions, stated clearly, Digitopolis, five miles, 16 rods, 8,800 yards, 26,400 feet, 316,800 inches, and 633,600 half inches, and then some. Let's travel by miles, advised the humbug. It's shorter. Let's travel by half inches, suggested Milo. It's quicker. But which road should we take? asked Tok. It must make a difference. As they argued, a most peculiar little figure stepped nimbly from behind the sign and approached them, talking all the while. Yes, indeed, indeed it does. Certainly, my yes, it does make a difference, undoubtedly. He was constructed, for that is really the only way to describe him, of a large assortment of lines and angles connected together into one solid, many-sided shape. Somewhat like a cube that had all its corners cut off and then had all of its corners cut off again. Each of the edges was neatly labelled with a small letter and each of the angles with a... Each of the edges was neatly labelled with a small letter and each of the angles with a large one. He wore a handsome barrette and... He wore a handsome barrette on top and peering intently from one of his several surfaces was a very serious face. Perhaps if you look at the picture, you'll know what I mean. (laughs) He reached the car, the figure... When he reached the car, the figure doffed his cap and recited in a loud, clear voice, Many angles... Oh, sorry. My angles are many, my sides are not few. I am the dodecahedron. Who are you? What is a dodecahedron? inquired Milo, who was barely able to pronounce such a strange word. See for yourself, he said, turning around slowly. A dodecahedron oh a dodecahedron is a mathematical shape with twelve faces. Just as he said it, eleven other faces appeared one on each surface, and each one wore a different expression. I usually use one at a time, he confided, as all but the smiling one disappeared again. It saves on wear and tear. What are you called? Milo, said Milo. (laughs) That's an odd name, he said, changing his smile Face, his smiling face into a frowning one. And you only have one face? Is that bad? Asked Milo, making sure it was still there. (laughs) Well, you'll soon wear it out if you're using it for everything, replied the dodecahedron. 
Now I have one... <clears throat> now I have one for smiling, one for laughing, one for crying, one for frowning, one for thinking, one for pouting, six more besides. Is everyone with one face called Milo? Oh no, replied Milo. Some are called Henry, or George, or Robert, or John, or lots of other things. How terribly confusing, he cried. Everything here is called exactly what it is. The triangles are called triangles. The circles are called circles. Even the same numbers have the same name. That's an interesting <laughs> note. <laughs> Why, can you imagine what would happen if we named all the twos Henry or George or Robert or John or lots of other things? You'd have to say Robert plus John equals four. And if the four's name were Albert, things would be hopeless. <laughs> I'd never thought of it that way, said Milo admittedly. Then I suggest you begin at once, admonished the dodecahedron for, <laughs> from his admonishing face. <laughs> for here in Digitopolis, everything is quite precise. Do you know where you are? You're an endless epic. And here, there be dragons. Welcome back to Endless Epic, heroes and adventurers, story seekers all. I am your humble and boisterous host, Castle, aka as the real Slim Jesus. I am here as always with my beautiful brother, Mr. Smith, aka the real thick Jesus. Hey, that's me. That is indeed you. That is indeed me. So, and, and boy, what a chapter we have ahead of this game. Yes, the dodecahedron leads the way. Uh, so, not a whole lot on note here, but uh, whereas in Dictionopolis, there was a lot of focus on ambiguity. Yes. And, and the, the waverance between meaning. Uh, in Digitopolis, we see a much larger focus on specificity. And it is, it is a beautiful and stark contrast. Because Milo is getting used to handling these very strange characters. Yeah. But he's used to them not making any sense. But here in Digitopolis, he has to kind of get used to them making too much Yeah, sense. like it's going to be quite the opposite and quite the... Uh, it, it's going to be interesting for the whole crew to, to deal with these. Right. I don't think any of them have... Uh, no, none of them have been to uh, Digitopolis as yeah, far as I know. So, so uh, it's going to be interesting. So yeah, we we will we will continue on from there. Uh, then perhaps you can help us decide which road to take," said Milo. "By all means," he replied happily. "There's nothing to it if a small car carrying." Three people at 30 miles an hour in the morning starts at the same time as three people who have been traveling in a little automobile at 20 miles an hour and for 15 minutes on another road exactly twice as long as one half the distance of the other while a dog, a bug, and a boy travel an equal distance in the same time or the same distance and an equal time along a third road in mid-October then which one arrives first? And which way is the best to go? Seventeen! shouted the humbug. 
scribbling furiously on a piece of paper. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure. But Milo stammered after several minutes of frantic figuring. You'll have to do better than that, scolded the dodecahedron. You'll never... Probably from his scolding face. Right. <laughs> or you'll never... <laughs> but you'll never know how far you've gone or whether or not you've gotten there. <laughs> or whether or not you've gotten there. That's a great line. <laughs> uh, I'm not very good at problems, admitted Milo. Man, that's a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, dude, buddy. None dude, of us are. Yeah, I was like, dude, same. <laughs> <clears throat> what a shame! Sighed the dodecahedron. That didn't sound like a sigh at all. What a shame! It's a very angry sigh. Yeah. Sighed the dodecahedron. Angry. This <laughs> from his uh, sighing face. Right. Uh, there. <laughs> have, imagine having more than one face. How convenient that would be. Or inconvenient? I don't know. I, don't know. I guess I suppose we could ask Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, he didn't. Oh. Wait, who was the guy who cut off people's heads? That wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer. This is an inappropriate conversation <laughs> for a children's podcast. Good sir, family. It podcast. is. Yeah, it's a family, family podcast. podcast. It's not meant for children. And there are beheadings in families all the time. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Uh, Check with the axe. Oh, Lizzie Borden. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. Lizzie Borden. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she saw took it. an axe, gave her mother 40 30. wax. Is it 40? Uh, and when she saw it was nicely done, she gave her uh, mother 41. Father. Father 41. Yes, yes, yes. Then there's uh, uh, Vlad the Impaler, well known for beheading family members. Uh, Henry VIII, well known for be- beheading beloved wives. For the crime of being boring. <laughs> like anybody, really. He yeah. Was like, just. Well, then you had uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, who was real big on just beheading everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you had a head, it's coming off. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to the story. Back to the story. Uh, they're very useful. Why, did you know that a beaver two feet long, with a tail a foot and a half long, can build a dam twelve feet high and six feet wide in two days? All you would need to build a boulder dam is a beaver sixty-eight feet long and fifty-one foot tall. Build to build boulder dam, I'm sorry. That's how that works. Yeah. To scale the beaver up. Yeah, make a. You just need a larger beaver. Yeah, you just need a larger beaver. Yeah. Wow, we've been doing it wrong this whole time. We're gonna need a bigger beaver. (laughs) Oh my god. Maybe that's how the Hoover Dam was built. They just had a really big beaver. Oh, they got a really big Hoover. Vacuum? Maybe I don't know. I don't really see how that helps. Maybe maybe the really big beaver's name was Hoover. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Well. No, it was the president's name at the time, but yeah, whatever. Well, maybe the maybe, president maybe, was named after the beaver. Oh, that's a good point. The beaver made the dam, and then the president was born on the dam, and they named him Hoover. Maybe the beaver was the president's, like, good friend, and he asked him to build the beaver, to build the dam. <laughs> and then they hid the transformers inside of it. Right, right. <laughs> then Shia LaBeouf showed up and broke it. God, Shia, always breaking dams. Yeah. Just doing it. That damn boy. That damn boy. <laughs> <clears throat> boy, this podcast is going to be a little bit incoherent. 
Where would you even find a beaver that big? Grumbled the humbug. Ask Hoover. <laughs> As his pencil point snapped. I'm sure I don't know, he replied. But if you did, you'd certainly know what to do with him. <laughs> Fair build, enough. Build a dam. Fair enough. <clears throat> I, I really enjoy these problems that he's throwing out because this is these are things that you would actually find in a math book. Right. This isn't right. this isn't just kerfuffle that is being put into a children's book. This is you'd actually find these problems in math books. And I enjoy that that's being poked at a little bit. So here. there are two annotations on this page that I want to come back to before we turn the page. Okay. Um, that's absurd, objected Milo, whose head was spinning from all of the numbers and questions. That may be true, he acknowledged, but it's completely accurate, and as long as the answer is right, who cares if the question is wrong? If you want sense, you'll have to make it yourself. Wow. Some words of advice, kids. <laughs> that, that's solid right there. All three roads arrive at the same place at the same time, interrupted Top. <laughs> He's actually been doing the math problem. Who had patiently been doing the first problem. <laughs> That's awesome. Correct, shouted the dodecahedron, and I'll take you there myself. Now you can see how important problems are. If you hadn't done this one properly, you might have gone the wrong way. But wait... <laughs> I can't see what I made my mistake, said the humbug, frantically rechecking his figures. Uh, Seventeen! <laughs> yeah. But if all the roads arrive at the same place, yeah, at the same time, then aren't they all the right way? Asked Milo. That's my boy. Certainly not, he shouted, glaring from his most upset face. They're all the wrong way. Just because you have a choice doesn't mean that any of them has to be right. Wow. Fucking freaking <laughs> speaking, dropping Flip, those hard... Flippity flippity. Flip, flippity flop. So, dropping them hard truth bombs right there. There's an annotation Holy on the shit. as long as the answer is right, who cares if the question is wrong. Love that. Cooking the books to conceal an unwelcome truth about, say, financial uh, states of a municipality or corporation is, of course, a practice well established amongst the ranks of number crunchers and their bureaucratic overlords. <laughs> While numbers don't lie, they can be made to distort reality, whether guiltfully or, as, the do as in the do decahedron's case, through sheer fool-headedness. Wow. That's interesting. So, keep in mind, this book was written in the 60s. Yeah. What is one of the most common problems that we're having right now around the world foolishness well foolishness that's that's uh, not a right now thing that's been well a, that's it has been, yeah thing. right yeah unfortunately but uh, like we have a national pan uh, uh, an international pandemic going on right, right now okay and the biggest bickerances we get between groups is because of the inconsistency in numbers in numbers very interesting yeah uh, you know what? We're not going to get into that on here. Never mind. <laughs> but it, it is <laughs> too deep. It is incredibly how, incredible how relevant this is. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with how this annotation is worded. While the numbers don't lie, they are made to distort reality 
Oh, I'm sorry, where is it? He says, uh, a practice well established amongst the ranks of number crunchers and their bureaucratic overlords. Yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, it is. If that does not speak to you in the 21st century, yeah. especially 2020, you are certainly not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a timeless book right here. If you, if you timeless. Want, if you want a... All a, of the a, children are enjoying the whimsy of it, and all of us adults are like, yeah, those bastards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so then the Barstools. other one... Barstools. Barstools, yes. Uh, the other the other annotation is on that just because you have a choice doesn't mean that any of them has to be right. I love that. Uh, just for anybody who's wondering, I run every single one of my D&D campaigns off of this very principle. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> just because you have choices doesn't mean that any of them is right. Right. I love I love that because it's it's painfully true. Um, so, notwithstanding the ludicrousness of his Boulder Dam example, the dodecahedron makes an excellent point here that Milo, who during the course of his adventures has grown less focused on his approach to problem solving, is now prepared... Wait, what? Who during the course of his adventures has grown less self-focused and is... in his approach to problem solving, is now prepared to grasp. Okay, okay, I understand. Abigail Lipson observes, after expanding, expending all that problem-solving effort, Milo realizes that all roads lead to Digitopolis. Furthermore, he realizes that which is the right way to go among the three roads, and which is the right way to go among all possible roads, and which roads lead to Digitopolis are not necessarily the same question. As Lipson notes, the dodecahedron's main point is that an effective problem-solving requires the ability to first consider a problem in all its varied aspects, and then to thread one's way through the maze of hypothetical solutions to the one that achieves one's real-world goal. And this is something that I point out to people all the time, is that when you are trying to problem-solve, confirmation bias is a major problem. Yeah. Because if you want to prove that something is true, right. you always can. Yeah. Whether something is actually true or not, if you are trying to prove that it is true, you will do so every single time. Yeah. Because you will look for things to prove you right. Right. There's, there's a brilliant book written by uh, a, a gentleman who was an atheist who tried to prove that God did not exist. And in the process of doing so, became a devout Christian because he could not prove that God did not exist. And in the process of trying to find that God did not exist, he found a lot of evidence that there probably is a higher creator. Uh, it's funny, I've actually just had a conversation about this. Stating that God does not exist is just as impossible to prove as like stating that he, for a fact, exists. Right. Because as they're like they're there you can find things to support both of those. You will never be able to find proof, proof of either one. Yeah, of like at like well not I won't say never, but like We we as human beings stating I, stating the fact currently is 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 you're wrong. Right. Both sides. Because there is no tangible evidence that he doesn't, or that there isn't a 
higher power, and there's no like factual or for both that he does or doesn't or that the thing, whatever you want to call it, right, does or doesn't exist. So either both are both are equally wrong, and that's that's and that's funny that like someone I didn't know about that. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, I, I don't know the name of the gentleman. I'll I'll uh, I'll, t- I'll tweet it out. There you go. There's a guy. He he did a little documentary a documentary series where he he started out the series yeah. as I'm going to prove that God doesn't exist, and by the end of it, he actually ended up converting to Christianity because everything that he found pointed towards well, there probably is a God. Yeah. But. And that's and that's the point is that do, when you, do you want, do you feel like deep down though he he actually wanted that because I feel like, but deep down that's what we all want, right? Right. We exactly. all want some sort of external validation of our existence, and this is the problem with nihilism, is that nihilism basically tells us that everything in existence does not matter. Right. None of our decisions matter. Nothing we do matters. Which, if that's the case, all moral arguments instantly go out the window. Right. If nothing that we do matters, then literally nothing we do matters. We, we have to throw all moral quandary out the window at that point. Yeah. Because either everything you do matters or nothing. That's one of the very few things in existence that there's no there's no middle ground on. I really like that aspect of the new season of uh, Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. So when we are recording this episode, um, the second season of Umbrella Academy just launched. Yeah. And, uh, and that is a really huge like aspect of it is like... Everything you no, do yeah, matters. there's no insignificant part. Like no one is ex- insignificant. Everything every everyone does is important. Like everything affects everything. And I, this is that's just interesting. I really I really enjoyed that. Well, and we we underestimate. See, we we as individuals do not have a great amount of power, but we are a part of a system that functions off of cycles, and those cycles are powerful. Right. So if something within that cycle malfunctions, that has great power. Yeah. So while you going back in time and slapping yourself in the face may not necessarily have a huge immediate impact. The reason why time travel uh, quandaries are so interesting is because it, it gives us the, the, the instant growth of the crops. Like you do something 20 years ago and then you move forward and you get to see what it looks like when it's fully grown. Yeah. Now, if you were to live through that, you wouldn't notice the difference. Right. The difference yeah. would be so minute that you wouldn't you wouldn't see it. But going from that and then going back and having a memory of what it was, the difference is massive. It's like I like to use the, the for time travel theory. I like to use the earthquake metaphor. Mm-hmm. Most earthquakes only move the ground by a couple of inches. So when you have two plates that slide together they usually move less than two or three inches. Right. And that doesn't sound like a lot. But you have over, let's say, 8,000 square miles. No, not that much. I'm sorry. Like four or 500 square miles of land yeah. that is moving several inches in a matter of just a few seconds. Right. That's, That's why it's so jarring. Right. Right. If you well, were, yeah, because if, if it was the, you know, whatever, let's just say a, a 10 by 10... Like, you'd feel it. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, hey, that was weird. But, yeah, when you when you scale it up to... So, when if you were to go back in time and then live through, you might notice some changes from when you went through it the first time, because you have that memory. 
But living through it, I guarantee you the, the end product would be significantly less jarring for you than jumping back to it. Oh, how do you mean? So if you were to go back in time and yeah. live as you... Right. Uh, and change something. Like, you, let's say you use all of your previous oh, knowledge. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so yeah. like... So, use previous knowledge, become a millionaire because of that, whatever. Right. It, oh, if I lived through that to become a millionaire, it wouldn't be this drastic change in the world. Right. It would be the world. Whereas if you go back in time and you leave yourself some sort of information, uh, information or uh, savings life, accounts, whatever life it is, changing. that makes your future self better. And that change is going to be a lot more obvious to you upon that jump back. Right. Because you're experiencing it all at once. Yeah. So that's... In the sense that every decision that you make matters. That's the that's the metaphor I like to use is the earthquake metaphor. No, I like when it, it happens, when you get a massive amount of change all at once, it's a lot more jarring and a lot more obvious uh, as a, to if you were to experience it slowly. Like continental drift is something that is scientists believe has been happening for millions of years. We don't really recognize it. Right. Nobody notices continental drift. Yeah. As a matter of fact, over the last hundred years, they they've noted that uh, North America has probably shifted. Uh, uh, eastward by about uh, two inches uh, on and overall but that's something that's yeah but you, can't, you compound that over hundreds of thousands of years that's, right uh, and it's it's not something that we particularly notice yeah yeah so well oh, look at the expansion of the universe that's another like you know like everything's moving everything's moving but <laughs> this probably got a little bit deeper than everyone oh it absolutely did but I mean you know that's how deep Lord Juster is. Mm -hmm. This is what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually believe he probably did consider these questions before he wrote the book. Are you kidding me? Of course he did. <laughs> Do you hear the way some of the, he words some of this thing, some of these things? Uh, okay, so <clears throat> he walked up to the sign and quickly spun it around three times. As he did, the three roads vanished and a new one suddenly appeared, heading in the direction that the sign now pointed. <laughs> Is every road five miles from Digitopolis? Asked Milo. I'm afraid it has to be, the dodecahedron replied, leaping into the car, <coughs> leaping into the car, uh, into the back of the car. It's the only sign we've got. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I, I love how literal it is. <laughs> the new road was quite bumpy and full of stones, and each time they hit one, the dodecahedron bounced into the air and landed on one of his many faces, with a sulk or a smile or a laugh or a frown, depending on which one it was. <laughs> we'll soon be there, he announced happily after one of his short flights. Welcome to the land of numbers. It doesn't look very inviting, the bug remarked. For as they climbed higher and higher, not a tree or blade of grass could be seen anywhere. Only the rocks remained. This is another interesting contrast that uh, numbers being so literal and dry and kind of Lacking any sort of color. Yeah. Um, and and that is the, that is the land of numbers. 
as opposed to the land of words, which is all very colorful and superficial and and flowery. It's 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 a very uh, interesting contrast, appropriately so. Yeah, love it. Is this the place where numbers are made? Asked Milo as the car lurched again. This time the dodecahedron sailed off down the mountainside, head over heels, and grunt over grimace until he landed sad side up at what looked like the entrance to a cave. Sad side They're not made, he replied as if nothing had happened. You have to dig for them. Don't you know anything at all about numbers? Well, I don't think they're very important, snapped Milo. Too embarrassed to admit the truth. <laughs> Not important! Roared the dodecahedron, turning red with fury. Could you have tea for two without the two? Could you have three blind mice without the three? Would there be four corners of the earth if there weren't a four? Could you sail the seven seas without the seven... All I meant was began Milo, but the dodecahedron, overcome with emotion and shouting furiously, carried on. If you had high hopes, how could you know how high they were? And did you know that the narrow escapes come in different widths? Who would travel the whole wide world without ever knowing how wide it was? And how could you do anything at long last? He concluded, waving his arms over his head, without knowing how long the last was. <laughs> I lost where it was. Uh, oh, yeah. Why numbers are the most beautiful and valuable things in the world. Just follow me and I'll show you. He turned on his heel and stalked off into the cave. Come along, come along, he shouted into the dark hole. I can't wait for you all day. And in a moment, they followed him into the mountain. It took several minutes for their eyes to become accustomed to the dim light. And during that time, strange scratching, scraping, tapping, scuffling noises could be heard all around them. Put these on, instructed the dodecahedron, handing each of them a helmet with a flashlight attached to the top. Where are we going? whispered Milo, for it seemed like the kind of place in which he whispered. We're here, he replied with a sweeping gesture. This, oh, this is the number mines. This is the numbers mine. That was a hard sentence for me to get through. <laughs> Milo squinted into the darkness and saw for the first time that they had entered a vast cavern lit only by a soft, eerie glow from great stalactites which hung ominously from the ceiling. Passages and corridors honeycombed the walls and wound their way from floor to ceiling, up and down the sides of the cave, and everywhere they looked. Milo saw little men no bigger than himself, busy digging and chopping, and shoveling and scraping, pulling and tugging carts full of stone from one place to another. Right this way, instructed the dodecahedron, and watch where you step. As he spoke, his voice echoed and re-echoed and re-echoed again, mixing its sound with a buzz of activity all around them. 
Tok trotted next to Milo, and the humbug, stepping daintily, followed behind. <laughs> Who is mine, is it? asked Milo, stepping around two of the loaded wagons. By the 4,827,659 hairs on my head, it's mine, of course! Bellowed a voice from across the cavern, and striding toward them came a figure who could only have been the Math Magician. He was dressed in a long flowing robe covered entirely with complex mathematical equations and a tall pointed cap that made him look very wise. In his left hand he carried a long staff with a pencil point at one end and a large rubber eraser at the other. It's a lovely mine, apologized the humbug, who has intimidated by loud noises. The biggest mine in all the kingdoms, said the math magician proudly. Are there any precious stones in it? asked Milo excitedly. Precious stones? He roared over an even... <laughs> He roared even louder than before, and then he leaned over towards Milo and whispered softly, By the eight million two hundred and forty-seven thousand three hundred and twelve threads in my robe, I'll say there are. He reached into one of the carts and pulled out a small object, which he polished vigorously with his robe. When he held it up to the light, it sparkled brightly. But that's a five, objected Milo. <laughs> For that was certainly what it was. Exactly, agreed the math magician. As valuable a jewel as you'll find anywhere. Look at some of the others. He scooped up a great handful of stones and poured them into Milo's arms. They included all the numbers from one to nine and even an assortment of zeros. We dig them, polish them, and... Oh, we dig them and polish them right here. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not the uh, math magician. Um, we dig them and polish them right here, volunteered the dodecahedron, pointing to a group of workers busily uh, employed at the buffing wheel. And we send them all over the world. Marvellous, aren't they? <clears throat> they are exceptional. Why, why the f who is talk? I don't know. They are exceptional! He's back to being all might. There we go. Said talk. Two, who two, had a special fondness for numbers. <laughs> two, two all mighty. Tone it down a little. So that's where they come from, said Milo, looking, into, looking in awe at the glittering collection of numbers. He returned them to the dodecahedron as carefully as possible, but as he did, one dropped to the floor and smashed and broke in two. The humbug winced, and Milo looked terribly concerned. Oh, don't worry, said the math magician as he scooped up the pieces. I saw they justified it. <laughs> we use the broken ones for fractions. <laughs> yes. Yes. I wish this is how the world really worked. Haven't you the man? Haven't you diamonds or emeralds or rubies? Asked the bug irritably, for he was quite disappointed at what he'd seen so far. 
Yes, indeed, the math magician replied, leading them to the rear of the cave. Right this way. There, piled into enormous mounds that reached almost to the ceiling, were not only diamonds and emeralds and rubies, but also sapphires, amethyst, topazes, moonstones and garnets. It was the most amazing mass of wealth any of them had ever seen. They're such a terrible nuisance, sighed the math magician. No one can think of what to do with them, so we just keep digging them up and throwing them out. Now, he said, taking a silver whistle from his pocket and blowing it loudly, let's have some lunch. And for the first time in his life, the astonished bug couldn't think of anything to say. And that brings us to the end of this leg of Milo's journey. Uh, but that's a five. The number five is the third prime number and the fifth Fibonacci, Fibonacci number in uh, most mammals, fingers and toes come in five. Oh, in most mammals, fingers and toes come in fives. So do the Earth's oceans, the books of Moses, the human senses, the rivers of Hades, and the Platonic solids, of which the dodecahedron is one. The five-pointed star is among the world's most widely used ideograms. Huh. Some uh, interesting facts about the, the number, number five, five yeah. for those of you that made it here to the end. There's a lot of number facts. Oh, here's something interesting. So he says, by the 4,827,659 hairs on my head, it is mine, of course. Right. But according to the annotation, a full head of hair consists of something closer to 100,000 strands, not counting the beard or a mustache. Yeah, I was like, I uh, <laughs> I thought it was closer to like 150 or 200,000, but yeah. yeah that's... So he's got a lot of hair. Yeah, he's so, a very hairy man. Yeah, he's, he's Either that or he has a very big height. More both? More volume. Both, yeah. Big head, thick hair. So yeah, like, real quick, real quick. It has nothing to do with anything. Is thick hair, like, do you have thick hairs? Or do you have dense uh, amount of hair? So one of... <laughs> one of the... One of the... Because uh, I was planning on torturing you with TikTok jokes, dad jokes, uh, today. Oh. And uh, one of the ones that I had picked out for you was... Uh, if you'd noticed that I got my hair cut, because I did, for those of you who cannot see, because you're all listening to this on audio. Right. Uh, uh, and then when you, when you would say, uh, yeah, I saw that, or oh, it looks good, I was going to respond, well, actually, I got all of them cut, not just the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's, it, it is kind it, of it weird that odd. we use hair as, 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 as a multiple noun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 how weird would it be to say I got my hairs cut? <laughs> it, it'd be more accurate. It, it it is more accurate. It wouldn't it wouldn't be. It is more accurate. But just a met like walk into the room. Ah, love getting my hairs cut. I mean, it just sounds silly. We, we should we should have names for like the hair groups. So like, for, like, for, like for, for men, we could say, oh, well, I got my I got my top mane cut. Okay, that sounds cool, though. Yeah, and if you got, like, the beard and the hair done, you could say, I got the full mane done. Yeah, okay, that one, yeah, yeah I don't hate that. 
Top man. <laughs> also, could be a weird uh, BD- BDSM thing. So we gotta be careful with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. M A N E, not M A I N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then w- women could have what is the what is the uh, is it called a furrow on a horse? The long part of the horses. Oh no, it's a mane as well, right? Yeah, I think it's a mane. Yeah, okay. so it's mane. equality all the way across. Yeah, mane as well. But ladies <laughs> just call it the mane, right? Because most women do Don't not have, have face the full mane. Yeah. Well, but they do go on for like a like a like a facials. Yeah, I suppose so. But. I guess you're but I, and I supp- but I don't think a woman's going to come into a room and say so the main style. I, I I got the full main done. Yeah. yeah. Most most women that I know who have anything to do with their own face hair pretty much keep it a secret. Right. So I don't think that we're we're dealing with a, an ostentatious amount of women who are <laughs> bragging about the beard trim they got done. Definitely not. <laughs> I think just the one guy on American Idol and a few uh, cross-dressing t- TikTokers right. would probably be the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there's that group. So we got to you know include everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning. Do you have it? You know what I. I, I hate doing the the thank you all for tuning in thing. Yeah, it feels disconnected. Well, they they know we're thankful. <clears throat> Do they? Do you guys know? I mean, it, li- hey, leave a comment on the on iTunes. Yeah, well, letting you us go know to if you know iTunes, that we're thankful. iTunes or Stitcher, you guys can go rate and leave a review of yeah. your podcast, and that actually helps us a lot. Uh, the more you guys share and uh, rate the podcast, the higher up. In the rankings we get, and yep. we get to reach more people with the wonderful world of storytelling. Heck yeah. Uh, and our failed attempts at not swearing. <laughs> We're trying our best here, people. Just hang in. Hang in. Uh, so, uh, do you have any projects going on that people can, uh, can, uh, can find their way to? Well, uh, in the next month, I'm going to say, uh, I am planning to have a print shop up. Where ah, you can yeah, purchase photographs of mine. So if you if you so please, are we 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 actually have a uh, an auction coming up for five tabletop print books for your Fire and Ice series that you did uh, two years back? Can't believe that's been two years ago now. Yeah, boy, time flies when. Uh, and that that entire set will be pulled down from our website uh, very soon. Yes. And uh, once it's down, there will be five. Books sold uh, on. I uh, will probably put them up on eBay or we'll auction them off on the website. Probably. Um, and uh, from one of the book sales, we'll end up giving it to a charity of some sort. Uh, and the three of the book sales will end up going towards the artists who were involved in the book. And then the, the final book sale will uh, go towards paying for the materials for the book sales. Yeah. Um, we won't really be making anything off of it, but that will be the only time these print books will be in print and they will never exist again after that. So it'll be a very limited uh, collectible of your stuff. Um, and the prints will uh, also be limited run prints as well. So we'll, we'll have the, the number of prints available for order for uh, each one that you put up and uh, they will be... Are you planning on theming them to the seasons, or are you just doing, uh... Uh, that's up, up in the air right now. I haven't okay. fully decided on that yet. Probably something like that. Uh, I might have, like, a seasonal thing, and then, like, a constant, like, these, you know, 
just like that. Well, uh, if you my guys favorite works, if you guys don't know. already follow my brother on Instagram, he's uh, at Anshon with three N's, uh, four N's technically if you count the N in Sean. Right, so it's A N N N S E A N on Instagram or at C S E A dot B A S H, uh, which is your portrait account, yes? Yes, and other random things, but those are little hidden treasures that you get to swipe and find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, uh, the theme, the main theme of the page is portraiture. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, before you give yours, uh, at the end of this pod, not this podcast, but the end of this series, we're giving away the book. The anna- an annotated, annotated copy, copy of The Phantom Told. So if you love there. the book, but you just cannot bring yourself to buy it for whatever reason, uh, you can get it for free. Mm-hmm. There's a competition. And it's going to be real easy if you've listened to every podcast. You literally just have to answer questions. First person to get all the questions right and uh, gets the book. Pretty simple. No weird. You have to share this with your friends. No weird. You got to comment nine times and hope to. Yeah, it's be, just the it's just the uh, firstborn child and then answer the question. Answer the question. That's yeah. that's real simple. Yeah. Well, we don't like to have complicated. No. Well, systems. Yeah, nobody simple. likes complicated drawings uh, or. Also, uh, the you're going to be involved in some of my upcoming YouTube videos and many of my upcoming Instagram videos. Correct. Uh, that is accurate as the kids say you guys you guys do enjoy the stuff that we collaborate on together and of course everybody loves the podcast well why would they Um, which by the way we really do appreciate how much you guys love this podcast like we love this podcast we love doing this podcast and having so many people message and tweet out on daily like I'm gonna give a quick shit 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 out That's going to diminish the, the wholesomeness <laughs> of this on. moment significantly. Just bleep that out. But right. shout out there we go. Uh, to, <laughs> to uh, Kari um, and uh, Sophia. Um, Sophie, Sophia Ophelia. Uh, she's the moon-eyed girl, if you will. Yes. Uh, for their support, um, both... Uh, on the on the podcast and uh, on everything else, yeah. Uh, longtime supporters of uh, my work and now our work, um, and greatly uh, appreciate. Yeah, greatly appreciated. And humbling. Um, and humbling, yeah, very much so. Because we've been doing this for a long time. We've done we've done work in in Hollywood. Uh, we worked with Stanley when he was still alive, um, and just there's a lot of stuff that we've done. And now this is the first thing we've really done for us. And the first time that we've put out content that is our content. And I, we love the fact that there are so many people who are just in love with the same things that we are. And who love us. Like, that's the, that's the daunting part for me. I keep trying to convince myself that it's just people just love the mythology. They just love the lore. Right. But no, people genuinely love us. They love what we do. They love our personalities. And that's, in, that's insane to me. Like I, I, it's it's very humbling to have you guys be fans of us to be a part of the clan base. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we just thank all of you for all that you do. Thanks to everybody who supports the podcast on Patreon, um, and thank you guys who rate and share and uh, leave reviews of the podcast. You guys are the reason why this all grows so quickly. Indeed. We we now have over a thousand listens on a podcast about books. How insane is that? Not even like popular books either. Right. Just like book, well, book that we like, yeah. love. 
and it, it's it is a crazy thing and it's yeah. very daunting and we appreciate the heck out of you yeah. guys so as usual you guys can follow me on instagram or over on uh tiktok or youtube where i'm going to be putting out starting this next week uh unique content on every platform we finally got what i want to do figured out so i apologize for the hiatus of content but uh yes uh, actually if you're listening to this uh on spotify or itunes and not on patreon then they, you will that that plan will have already been a week in action by the time you hear this you but go. if you're if you're listening on patreon then yeah there's going to be a lot more content coming out and we're getting ready to start uh, two new campaigns uh, for D&D through Patreon. So if you guys are interested in D&D, you can go hop in and follow on Patreon. You don't have to subscribe in order to know when we are launching a new campaign. But for a dollar, you can support the podcast as well as support the campaigns. And uh, that'll get you into the D&D Discord, which will allow you to follow all of the current campaigns as they're going on and read the story updates as they're posted. Uh, and you get to support the the podcast and uh, the games, and we really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, actually, with what you guys have given in support of the podcast and of the D and D content, we actually managed to produce every currently existing resource for D and D five fifth edition. Um, and because of the way that D and D Beyond works, we can actually share all of that content with all of the players from the community who uh, come in to play. Pretty awesome. So anytime that somebody joins a campaign, um, we will be able to share all of the D&D content that we've purchased. And it won't cost the player, like the players don't have to buy any of the books or anything like that. So a lot of these campaigns will will be running between like 5 and $15 to play the entire game. And that gives you access during that campaign to over $700 worth of D&D content. Yeah. So that's super, that's something that you guys made happen. Um, and it's something that's going to be really, really great for the community, and we appreciate uh, all the supports that's gone into it. Definitely. Uh, but yes, so starting this next week, uh, we should be putting out uh, five videos a week on YouTube, uh, at least two videos a week on Instagram, and a plethora of other content through TikTok and Twitter and Instagram stories. So, uh, oh, also there's a Facebook page now. Yes, there is. So thank you guys so much for joining us on this leg of Milo's journey into and beyond in the land beyond the phantom toll booth stay bloodthirsty my friends and we will see you next time we turn the page all hail <laughs>